Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day every day with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Happy New Year out there. We'll, we'll do that today. Tucker and I were just talking, and Tucker will join me in a few minutes before we uh, we started recording here. How long the Happy New Year's will go? Uh, I don't, people right now, and, and you probably are not feeling a very Happy New Year because the Eagles have collapsed. I mean, that's what this is. This is a collapse to a season that started off 10 and 1. And although there were signs that they were not quite as great as 10 and one, that was there. I mean, like they were 10 and one and now they are, I mean, they're clinging to, to life here as we go to week 18 of the season uh, against the giants on Sunday. And of course, wherever their, their playoff uh, life leads them uh, likely on the road in the first round against the NFC South winner, most likely Tampa Bay, if not Tampa Bay, New Orleans or Atlanta, the winner of that game. So we'll, we'll get to all that. And, and but, but as we sit here today, top of mind for me is the future of the Eagles, not just what happened on Sunday, because that was a debacle. Although I am surprised that, and I'm not just saying us in Philadelphia. I'm not just saying fans. I'm saying everyone nationally, the betting markets. I was shocked. I was texting Tucker an hour before the game. It's like, what, what is this line on this game? Well, what in the world? Why are the Eagles favored by 12 and a half points against a team that has been running the football really well, has obviously a pretty good quarterback, competent quarterback in Kyler Murray, and a coach that knows them so well? I, I did not feel great going to that game. Now, the Eagles are up 21-6 against a team with the worst defense in the NFL. You feel like they're going to win the game, and they didn't. The Eagles on Sunday were pushed around. They were bullied, and most most alarming, they were outcoached. Jonathan Gannon came to Philadelphia and totally outcoached Nick Sirianni. And we have now reached the point with Nick Sirianni where you can't ignore this anymore. You can't pretend anymore. I don't want to fall back on the record of last year anymore. Nick Sirianni is not doing a good job. And it feels like this team has tuned him out. Obviously, the A.J. Brown stuff is incredibly alarming because they invested $100 million in A.J. Brown to be the guy that gets the football more than anybody. And A.J. Brown refuses to talk. And clearly his frustration is not with the medium. He said that to the people covering the game after the game because they asked him, like, hey, what's going on? And he stopped and said, I just want to make sure you guys know it's not about you, you know, where the reporters were at, at his locker. It, so obviously it's about the frustration of the team. And I think it's quite clear the frustration with the coaching staff. Nick Sirianni has a problem. And the Eagles have a Nick Sirianni problem right now because they have a head coach who took him to the Super Bowl last year, lost both of his coordinators, and has looked lost the entire season. 
I've asked this question over and over. What does Nick Sirianni do to put the Eagles in position to win games? And I don't have an answer from anyone that, that suffices. He doesn't call the plays. He has no clue what's going on on defense except to change his coordinator haphazardly You know, in the, in the last four, you know, quarter of the season. In terms of game management, they're without timeouts late in the game because they can't get substitutions on the field. They have not been a buttoned-up team the entire year. Sirianni, after the game, said he had no idea that onside kick was coming there by Jonathan Gannon. And when you think about it, it made a ton of sense to do the onside kick there because it shortened the field on the Eagles. They couldn't hold the ball and just push, push down the field you know, for six minutes or five minutes and then kick a field goal at the gun. He forced them to make tough decisions, game management decisions. This coach is all over the place. So if he's not a good game manager – he doesn't call the plays, and the offense that he designs isn't very good anyway. And the defense stinks, and the players are obviously upset, and the connectivity's not there. I'm not quite sure what Nick Sirianni does well in order to keep this job. So here's where I'm at on Sirianni as we head down the stretch of the season. He's coaching for his job the next few weeks. If Nick Sirianni doesn't turn this ship around, and I'm not going to put the bar at a ridiculous level because I don't believe, and I didn't believe in October – when it was quite obvious what this defense was, that they have the personnel on defense to go win the Super Bowl this year. So I'm not going to put that bar on him. That may have been the expectation or the hope when the season began. I don't think that's realistic. I just don't think the Eagles have the horses on defense to go win the Super Bowl. But they absolutely have enough here with what they have, and that includes injuries, that includes you know whatever that we think this team is right now. They have enough here, if coached well enough, to get to – and to compete in the divisional round of the postseason. That's my bar. Get to and compete in the divisional round. So, so that means, yes, get, you know, obviously they're going to be in the playoffs. We'll see how this, this weekend plays out, whether that be a home playoff game or a road playoff game. Obviously, what more likely is a road playoff game. But they have to get to, which means winning that playoff game against the NFC South, and then compete in the second round of the playoffs. Anything that falls short of that, if, if they don't meet that bar – I'm moving on from the head coach, and I think the Eagles have to move on from the head coach. And quite frankly, they may have to do it anyway, no matter what happens the next couple of weeks, because there's something that's systemically broken with the Nick Sirianni Eagles. They they just look, and, and he looks like a dead coach walking. I mean, I, I always joke that Eagles coaches age like presidents. You come here, you, you're all you know full of energy and life, and then three or four years later, look at these guys. They look awful. Sirianni looks like he's been in the office 20 out of 24 hours a day, not sleeping, and he has no answers. And that's, you know, if we if we kind of rank the alarming parts of the Sirianni decline, the Eagles decline under Nick Sirianni, number one is he has no answers. There's no adjustments. This reminds me a lot of the end of the Chip Kelly era. And, and I'm sure Tucker, when he comes on in a few minutes, will we'll give his thoughts on that kind of parallel because – you look at Chip Kelly's offense in 2013, 2014. They really scored a lot of points. They, they really moved the football. 2013, you can make the parallel to 2021 with Sirianni, first year here. It took some time, right? You know, with the 2020, 2013 Eagles, excuse me, with, with Chip, it took the time to the quarterback switch. They went through the injuries with Vic and, and Barkley playing and Foles. And then when Foles came in, you know, early November to the end, boom, they took off. And 2021 reminded me of that a little bit. November on, Hurts, the light bulb went off, and they took off. And, and they went and they won a lot of football games. 2014, boom, the offense went crazy, and they scored a lot of points again. Now, that year had a quarterback injury with Foles again and all that, and the season ended with a thud. But 2014, 2013, 
the Chip Kelly offense worked. And then right around the end of 2014 into 2015, his third year, the league adjusted. I remember the games early in 2015 were players, I believe it was from Dallas, and I forget the other team it was, but early in the season, Dallas game specifically, they're calling out plays. They're calling out the Eagles' plays. And it was like, uh-oh. And Chip never found a way to readjust. And the league caught him, and it died quick. And we're doing this again now with Sirianni, where the league is caught up, the league is adjusted, the RPO doesn't work the same, the quarterback is not as explosive. And I don't know why the coaching staff can't see this. I mean, how many times are we going to watch Jalen Hurts try to take get the corner running this year, and he just can't do it, and yet they're calling quarterback runs at the end of the game. He, he can't run the same this year. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. So the league is adjusted, and there's no adjustment back by the coaching staff. The loss of the coordinators has exposed who Sirianni is. But maybe the most alarming part of all this is he doesn't seem to have the players believing in him anymore. You know, coaches go through ruts. Great coaches go through ruts. Andy Reid went through a rut. You know, Bill Belichick's been in a rut lately. We'll see if he ever comes out of it again. He's at the end of his career. But we've seen this. We've seen great coaches go through a rut where they fall down, where the league, you know, pivots back against them and they have to readjust. The great coaches do that. Kyle Shanahan does that. Belichick has done that. Andy Reid has done that. Nick Sirianni is showing no ability to do that. So when we factor in the offensive decline, we factor in the, the league catching up, the, maybe the players not believing that this guy has the answers anymore, it, it paints a bleak picture. And before, and, I, and I, look, you, I welcome all your opinion. I, I see him in the comments on YouTube and, you know, send them to me if you're listening, uh, you know, through whatever means you listen to the podcast. If you want to keep Sirianni and you say, hey, Joe, you can't do this. You just went to the Super Bowl last year. I, I will retort with this and why I think it is more than fair to put his job on the line the next few weeks. I don't believe the Eagles view head coaches as, as guys that put everything into place. Like when you think about Andy Reid, you think about, again, Belichick, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. They're the sun, the moon, and the stars for the organization. Obviously, they have to have people above them to help them get the players. But their system, their culture, their play calling, they are the franchise. So when you move on, you have to find someone that could, could do that. Like it, it's, a, it's a seismic change. I believe that the Eagles view head coaches like baseball managers, where we'll give you the players – We'll basically tell you the system we're going to run, especially on defense, because we're going to hire an offensive coach. So, you know, we're going to run this kind of this system, this Vic Fangio kind of system. We'll put the players in with they could run that. We'll get a coordinator to push the buttons and coach them up. You just handle the offense and the culture. That's it. It's like a baseball manager. And in baseball, teams change managers all the time because there's they're the middleman between what really matters, the front office, and what truly matters, the players. That's it. And I view the Eagles think that I think the Eagles think of coaches that way. So if if we go on that thought, it's not that seismic a change of coach. Heck, this team fired Andy Reid. This team fired Chip after back-to-back really big offensive seasons after one tough one. They didn't let him get up again. They fired Doug Peterson a few years after winning the Super Bowl and after one bad year. 
just one. You know, the, the last the, the years before Doug got fired, they were in the playoffs. They were in the playoffs 17, 18, 19, one bad year, gone. So would it be a big thing in the annals of the NFL to see Sirianni fired after going to the Super Bowl last year? Sure. It, it would be almost unprecedented. But I don't think the Eagles operate under the precedent that the rest of the league operates. So I don't think it'd be that crazy. And I think it deserves to be talked about. And the last thing for everybody Tucker in that end of game sequence was laughable. It was laughable. Jonathan Gannon forced the Eagles to make a decision. And that was, are we going to try to score a touchdown by any means necessary? Or are we going to settle for a field goal? And when the penalty happened to make it first and 20, the Eagles gave up. They gave up and just said, oh, we'll kick the field goal, even though their defense had not made a stop the entire game. The only stop they had was the Sidney Brown pick six. They couldn't keep the Cardinals out of the end zone. And in fact, if the receiver and Kyler Murray on the same page on the Sidney Brown pick six, that's a touchdown too. So Nick Sirianni saw his defense all day not be able to make a stop and keep his keep that team out of the end zone. And he decided, yeah, let's run a couple screens and quarterback runs there instead of trying to move the football down the field. If I'm A.J. Brown, that's the sequence I point to if I if I have a conversation with Jeff Lurie after the season on why are you upset? Because the coach is hapless. His whole thing is game management, and he managed that game into the ground. It is bad. I do believe Nick Sirianni's job should be on the line the next couple of weeks. They have to get to and compete, legitimately compete in the divisional round. Otherwise, they, they, they have to make a change here and get this thing back on track. There's too much talent here moving forward to waste on a coach that I believe is out of answers. Tucker, the Sirianni thing is, it's amazing how fast this is moving. I, mean, I think you and I were talking about this three weeks ago. That didn't look right, but it really, Sunday was, he got exposed by Jonathan Gannon. He does. And I think there are a lot of times where you mentioned, like coaches go through droughts. It's only really been about five weeks that we've had an issue with Nick Sirianni, but it also isn't that far removed from when we had an issue with him when he began, right? And everyone thought, he was a clown and he was a laughing stock. And part of that makes me wonder how long the leash he has. Cause you think about why Chip Kelly was fired by Jeff Lurie and how Jeff Lurie didn't think he was a good image for the organization. And if Nick Sirianni and other coaches feel this way about Nick Sirianni, you wonder how that makes Jeff Lurie feel if it kind of taints the image of the Eagles a little bit. But for me, it comes down to simply what does Nick Sirianni do well? And I like doing this exercise when we talk about coaches and should they keep their job or not. And if Howie Roseman called Nick Sirianni into his office tomorrow and said, hey, why should you keep your job next year? What do you do well? What is Nick Sirianni's answer? He doesn't call plays. His offensive scheme has become stale. Doesn't seem to have control of the locker room. His in-game management has gone downhill. And at this point, I just if the Eagles announce tomorrow, we're moving on from Nick Sirianni. As good as they were during that, whatever it was, 35-week run from the beginning of 2022 up through, you know, the 10-1 the and one start, I don't know if anyone would meet, man, I'm really going to miss that guy. He was really good at this. Man, I'm really going to miss Nick Sirianni because of the way he handled the locker room. It just, it feels like his message is stale. It feels like the locker room is kind of turned on him. It feels like him and A.J. Brown, even though he was just on WIP, and Nick Sirianni said that him and A.J. Brown have talked and he's a good teammate and everything's great. I just, I don't know where this is getting better because the only other time that this team under Nick Sirianni has had a real identity issue, it was fixed by Nick Sirianni taking a step back and handing the reins to Shane Steichen. And when we talk about this offense, although the offense wasn't the biggest issue on Sunday, but when we talk about this offense struggling, especially on first and second down, 
and, and not necessarily having the, the right philosophy, I think. The guy who knows how to fix that is currently the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Like, there isn't anybody in the building right now who can fix this offense in the next two weeks to get ready for the postseason. No, there's not. And, and the worst part is the head coach doesn't have the answer. He He's the only one that has to have the answer. He needs to have the answer. The Sirianni thing is is reaching a tipping point here in Philadelphia. There's no question about it. And I think we can't just view it as a normal thing in the NFL. Like, coaches don't get fired a year after they go to the Super Bowl. The Eagles don't operate like most teams. We've, we've seen it. We, we've seen it over and over and over again. When, when the front office and the ownership has so much influence on what happens, the head coach becomes a middleman. And that middleman better do his job the, really well to keep the job. So this isn't a runway where he just gets to coach for two more years because they made the Super Bowl last year. Like the, the Eagles have to think of this really like big picture. Are we keeping Nick Sirianni for 2024 because we had the fortune of playing Daniel Jones and Josh Johnson in the postseason last year? Like if the answer is yes to that question, that's not smart thinking. The, the only reason he should coach the team next year is if they think he gives them the best chance to win the Super Bowl. And watching at the end of this season – it's very hard to believe that. He's got to get this turnaround now. Otherwise, I think the Sirian era is going to end with a thud and end fast. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. We'll talk soon. Have a great day.